When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today and it's not just me as you see we've got a handsome gentleman right next to me on the screen my friend my co-worker my compadre theo greminger the og fantasy himself what are you doing how how's it going what's up jason we're grinding it's wednesday i'm sneaking in waivers i'm recording with you I have uh, I have a podcast with uh, Jax Falcone of the Undrafted, who I'm a big fan of at uh, one o'clock today. Nice. Um, so we're we're grinding, man. We're getting after it. It's week four. This is this is uh, before you know it, you're gonna rub your eyes. You're gonna wake up. It's gonna be Thanksgiving Day, and I you're say, "Where did the season go?" It's ridiculous. I'm a little upset that it's already week four. I'm not gonna lie. It, it's it's gone by in the flash of an eye. It, it's 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 really spectacular, but it's been fun. And Theo, we have some t- takeaways to talk about today. I love to use my Wednesday show. You know, Tuesdays, we talk about waivers. Thursdays, we start talking about Thursday night football and the game's coming up. But Wednesday is the sweet spot where we can just talk about things that we've learned. So that's what we're going to do today. So why don't we just go ahead, sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Because there are two people in on this show right now that perhaps saw this Devon A Chan thing coming. And Theo, I want I want to just give you a little bit of a platform here because I I mean you're one of the people who are who are really, really beating the drum for A Chan A Chan. Sorry. What kind of led you to him? And also just what are your overall thoughts about these dolphins right now? The dolphins remind me of the Kurt Warner Rams, where people just try to like figure them out and they can't we've seen big time offenses but like he gets fast players into space in creative ways better than other coaches I think Mike McDaniel is legitimately like a genius if you put Mike McDaniel in any other job if he was in politics the guy would be like running for president if he was in a company like a tech company he'd be the CEO he's just whatever he whatever he did in life it, we're lucky that it ended up being an NFL football coach, but I don't think you need to try to like figure out the Dolphins. Just play them in your lineup, sit back, and accept this incredible enjoyment. And when you go up against Dolphins, just hope it's not going to be the week that one of these guys goes off. And they did it without Jalen Waddle, and they get Jalen Waddle back this week. And Jalen Waddle was a Buffalo Bill killer last year, so. It's wild. I mean, Jeff Wilson is sitting on there a bunch of waiver wires. You can grab him for free. And I think that, like, that's the kind of thing that you want to fill your bench with. But, you know, we could talk for an hour. But Devon Chain has been a guy, like, I've been on forever. And I truly believed in the talent. There was a lot of, like, pushback this summer. Some people were 
couldn't believe it. A guy this size, but hey, this is the NFL we're in right now. It's fast, smaller guys in space. They're dominating uh, at the wide receiver position. You're starting to see these guys pop at the running back position. Jameer Gibbs went 12th overall. Devon A-Chain had a 50-point game. This is outlier season. You just can't ignore it anymore. It is. It is. The NFL is changing. I mean, and we're seeing Tank Dell on the other side of the ball, right? Just extremely small guys doing well. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's extremely fun to watch. And I mean, to to H.A.'s credit, I mean, the dude, by the time football rolled around, he had started adding weight. Like he was no yeah. longer the 188 that people were scared of. And yet no one adjusted. Everyone was still scared of H.A. Still saying he was undersized. But he reached like I think it was 196, 197 and mostly muscle. I mean, hey, the guys, the, and it's funny, you know, the, the biggest indicator of fantasy success at the running back position, well, not the biggest indicator, but a very good indicator of fantasy success at the running back position is success in the SEC. Those guys in the SEC at linebacker and defensive line are NFL size guys. There's no like, you know, putting it together with a bunch of smaller, quicker guys up front. They're big, strong defensive linemen and very fast linebackers. And Devon A. Chain, was an incredibly successful inside runner at Texas A&M. So we saw it, and then he lands in a perfect spot. This isn't rocket science. You could get him right around the one-two turn in non-super flex. I loaded up bags and bags and bags of him, and I look back at some of the teams that I have him on, and I got him at like the 203, the 202, the 112. It wasn't like I had to give up some substantial draft capital. Uh, And yeah, I had one league this weekend, where and I looked at it, I have like twenty something percent Devon A chain for for these dynasty teams. So I have a lot, but in my in my inbox Sunday morning was a Deontay Johnson who's on the IR for for Devon A chain, and I'm like, you know what? I probably would do this, but I need a wide receiver on this team, and uh, you know, I have so much Devon A chain, and now it's like regrets I didn't just trade Deontay Johnson for him because I think Devon A chain's here to stay. Obviously, we won't get fifty point fifty point burgers every week, but. He's the kind of guy that if you put him in your RB2 spot or your flex spot, you know he has that weak winning upside. Yep. So if he has the 10-point weeks, you just sit there and you take it because you know that the 25-point weeks are on the way. So I, I love it. Yeah, and I mean, very rarely I, – actually, I don't even know if I can think of an example. A boomer bust running back almost. I feel like we always talk about that with wide receivers, but we're starting to see that here with running back too with, with A-Chain and really just the Dolphins in general. I want to talk about a backfield mate here because I saw a stat that I think is just honestly remarkable. Raheem Mostert, officially in NFL history since the Super Bowl, since the Super Bowl era, has officially passed Bo Jackson for the highest career yards per carry with 5.42 yards per carry. You had to have 500 carries in your career to qualify for this list. I mean, just absolutely spectacular. Congratulations to Raheem Mostert. I think that that's an unbelievable stat find. And it seems like something that could possibly be posted to player profile or social media in the future, Jason. Hmm, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> All the wake and take listeners, you might see that as a graphic. Um, Mostert's playing fantastic. And he's a funny, it's a funny player to value right now because you kind of just want to take the points. You have like dynasty managers, it's a little different where yeah. you, if you are, don't think I'm going to win the championship this year, if I legitimately look at my roster, and I don't have like a top five, top four roster, then I'm probably moving Raheem Mostert. But in redraft, you see a lot of columns saying to trade him away. But I don't think you're getting the kind of return on investment where you're just plugging him in the lineup and, and getting these 15 points or more type weeks. So 
he's a very funny player to gauge. He's only had two full seasons in the NFL. So the guy's like 31. But if you look over his games played in his career, last year, I think he played like 16. He had a healthy season. He had another year where he had like 15 or 16 games played. And every other year was like eight or less. So yeah. it's been a weird career, but he's healthy last year, healthy this year. He is a coach who understands him. And he scored four touchdowns when the other running back had 50 points. It's insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is just so ridiculous. I'm very curious to see how Jeff Wilson fits in when he returns. I guess it'll be next week. I uh, think he's more of a threat to H to I think he's more of a threat to Mostert than he is to A Chain. I think A Chain's skill yeah. set is unique. I do think Wilson, they have the luxury of kind of like working him in, maybe give him I like eight, eight carries, but I think A-Chain's set, Mostert might see a little bit of a dip, but he's still a touchdown scorer, and that's the biggest driver of fantasy points. Definitely, definitely. So I'm with you 100%. Keep holding on to Raheem Mostert. Keep holding on to A-Chain. Maybe even send out some offers. This Dolphins offense, we talked about Jalen Waddle briefly. Go send some offers for him too. I mean, just get any piece of this Dolphins attack you can because it is really, truly something special so far. Something that's not special is the Chicago Bears what are you seeing here? Like, are, are, are you scratching your head? Are you concerned? Just what's up? Eberflus is a fraud. Yep. He turned it around last year. I, th- I don't think he's a leader of men. I think that that's not like me insulting his character, but you look at these, the coaches in the NFL. And I think a lot of times it, you can be completely different approaches to the game and mm-hmm. win locker rooms and have a, have a plan. I think that we completely got Jonathan Gannon wrong. He's a weirdo, but his team's playing incredibly hard and doing everything they can, maximizing their personnel. You look at guys like McDaniel, you know, guys like Campbell. There's been Nick Sirianni. So many guys have come through. And then Eberflus, he's kind of showed you who he is. I don't know why they don't just fire him. I don't think there's any hope on the horizon. I understand that they have these picks. They could potentially have two top five picks next year. I think they need a clean break. They're not using Justin Fields as a runner. It's very odd. He was so successful with that last year. It seems like one of the best parts of his game, and they're not doing it. And he's not getting any help from the wide receivers. Like, last game was awful, but if you watch the the replay, he has a, a deep downfield pass that Chase Claypool dropped. He has a dime down the sideline to DJ Moore, which would have been like a 40-yard catch. DJ Moore completely drops it. I, I I don't know. They have a, a home game this week against Denver. Denver just gave up seventy, and Denver's favored. It's just it's terrible. Chicago's in a com- they're complete disarray, in a complete mess. It's it's wild. That is so funny that the Broncos are favored after just letting seventy points get put on them. I can see that game being a shootout. Just like the defenses are so bad. These teams are angry now, but I mean, I kind of felt the same with the Bears last week. I thought that they could at least get some garbage time points against the Chiefs. I'm with you. They've just got to burn it down. Get rid of that coaching staff and let Justin Fields call the plays. Just let him lose. Play some backyard football. I guarantee you would see some more success here because whatever they're whatever they're doing, it's not working. And in fact, it's hurting them. And honestly, I'm Eberflus just needs to go. It just yep. he just needs to go. There shouldn't be any thoughts about it at all. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out. Are you buying Justin Fields? No, no. I have some Justin Fields. Okay, and I'm not confident in it, but I have enough Justin Fields um, on a couple of dynasty teams that I feel no reason to go out and buy him low. 
I do worry, Jason, like we, we, we love fantasy points and Justin Fields last year was fantastic with fantasy points. But a lot of times when NFL quarterbacks have very, very, very bad uh, records, like wins and losses, yeah, that gets held against them. Like we had the top six performance from Jameis Winston years ago in Tampa where he had an unbelievable amount of touchdown passes through a bunch of picks and us as fantasy managers loved it. Jameis yep. Winston gave us QB1 numbers. It was a great pick. And then he can't get a job after. He has to take a backup job. I think that's what's going to happen with Justin Fields. Um, if Sad as it is, I don't see this turning around in Chicago. They have multiple opportunities in a class loaded with quarterbacks. And I think they're going to move on from him. And they might be a team that that goes out and get Justin Fields. Um, you know, you could see, uh, you know, the Vegas Raiders or somebody like along those lines. But I don't know. I don't think that the NFL GMs are, are too crazy about Justin Fields right now. It's just it's a train wreck. Yeah, I, it, it makes sense. It, I mean, he he's looked bad. I mean, we've all seen the highlight now where he has tons of time in the pocket, doesn't decide to scramble and then just takes the sack, runs into his own center and just falls down. It's awful. He's not playing good football. I will manifest it here on this show. Justin Fields will be an Atlanta Falcon in 2024 and everyone finally gets unlocked. Arthur Smith gets to keep his mobile quarterback and it's a cheap price tag as well. I'm Georgia, a Georgia native. There you and go. how different things would have gone if the Georgia native Justin Fields would have been selected when they took Kyle Pitts. We wouldn't have been complaining about Kyle Pitts. And I actually think Arthur Smith would have done a much better job with Justin Fields. I mean, you know, the I, it's crazy as it is. Arthur Smith is, you know, not a guy I want to compliment, but he certainly has more of a stable environment in Atlanta I think Justin Fields would have been much, much better off. He would have played uh, indoor games. It's kind of like the sliding doors principle of the NFL. You get picked by the wrong team, and it doesn't always work out for you. Yeah, no, definitely. Let's talk about the Falcons, though. Let's just go ahead and talk about the Falcons just a little bit. Just a little bit. Are you just fire-selling everyone in this offense, maybe except for B. John Robinson? Like, are you just completely out on Pitts, completely out on London? I mean, I think that if it's redraft and you can get a a, a – a pivot for those guys. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that dynasty is a different question because I think that they're both very, they have the the talent and makeup. Uh, I think London is still also extremely young, but yeah, I think if you can pivot, go ahead and pivot. There's, it's very difficult to hold these guys. Like you're not using Drake London in your starting lineup. It's incredibly frustrating. And when he just sits there on the bench you're going to miss the games that you want to start him in. It's one of the more frustrating situations in football right now. Um, we have no love for Arthur Smith in the Greminger household. The all-line household loves himself some Arthur Smith. <laughs> That's fine. You know, again, the guy, the guy's, the guy is has a stable environment despite yep. bad quarterback play, and he's won some games. They have a big game this this week in London against Jacksonville in a winnable game. So I, you know, I can't hate on the wins and losses, but I don't understand for the life of me uh, when we have, you know, talented high draft capital guys not being utilized makes no sense. And you're also costing Drake London a lot of money on that second contract. It's not like, you know, all these teams are gonna be like, hey, man, like, we're, we're still gonna pay you because you were a top 10 pick. And we believe in your alpha profile. They're gonna say, you know, we're gonna get you a discount because this guy had you as wide receiver 35. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's hurting. London's paycheck 
I wonder if he's even thinking about that yet. He needs to start thinking about that. I'm sure his agent is telling him, like, hey, like, <laughs> really start getting some more targets or asking for something. I mean, John o. Smith, I think, is leading the team in targets right now, which is just ridiculous. It's absurd. <laughs> I, think about that statement. It's insane. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. One final team to talk about here is the New York Jets. Um, and they started off, they looked good. You know, they beat the Bills. Brees Hall looking explosive. Now back-to-back weeks of totally abysmal quarterback play from Zach Wilson. The defense looking less good than they did. Are you seeing any – I mean, you're you're over in New York. Are, are you seeing anything here about the Jets? I think that I don't quite understand for the life of me why Robert Sala doesn't have a change at quarterback. And I realize that there's a lack of, of options, mm-hmm. but this is how a coach loses their job. This is how a coach loses the locker room. Mm -hmm. There is no bigger disconnect than the quality of the New York Jets defense versus the quality of the quarterback play right now. There's no other team in football with this sort of disconnect. And to me, it's incredibly frustrating when you watch guys like Josh Dobbs, who came out of nowhere and is just plays hard, does the best two of his abilities. Arizona's doing some unique things. And then guys like Andy Dalton, who just rolls off, you know, out of the backup position and, and passes for 360 yards last week. There's so many guys like this in the NFL who could use an opportunity in a place like New York with weapons like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and they're completely wasting the situation. If I was Robert Sala, I would bench Zach Wilson, even if it means rolling somebody out I'm not that confident in. And if I were the Jets, I would have legitimately this past week gone out and got a Matt Ryan, a Carson Wentz, somebody off the couch would give my team a better chance of running a a pro offense. Like they signed Trevor Simeon. Like I don't think anything of Trevor Simeon, but I'd rather see him on the field than Zach Wilson. And there's multiple guys like that you could go trade for. There's some third string quarterbacks right now that they could go out and get. There's definitely some backup quarterbacks and the Jets have enough, enough on that team that, they could have turned this thing around. I think it was the after the the opening game win, the fact that they won, they kept rolling with him. If they would have just lost that game, I think they would have been more aggressive at the quarterback position after that. And now they're stuck. They're going to be one and three. The Chiefs are going to beat them so bad. It's going to yep. be so ugly. They're like over 10 point underdogs at home. You rarely see that uh, this early in the season. So I, I think the Chiefs might win by like 28. And I think that the Jets are going to end up firing Sala. And, you know, I I don't understand for the life of me how he has this kind of deference and loyalty to Zach Wilson. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, I. it makes sense for like one week, right? You hype him up, you show him you're confident, you, have the, you build the team around him. But then now he goes out two weeks. Granted, it's the Cowboys and it's the Patriots. Bill Belichick always has Zach Wilson's number and the Cowboys defense has looked fantastic. So this is, to me, the final test. I want to say they have a couple more games before the bye week. I, I'm with you. I think they should bring someone in, and I wouldn't be surprised if it is someone off the couch. It could be Phillip Rivers. There were rumors that he was potentially going to play in the Super Bowl if the 49ers won. I mean, anyone, anyone, bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know, Phillip Rivers would be <laughs> such an improvement. Garrett Wilson to the moon with Phillip Rivers. He would just pass the ball to, River, to, to Wilson 12 times a game. It would be incredible. We need it to happen. We need it to happen. All right. So we've talked about kind of some of the teams that are making some noises. I do want to just ask you if you have any just takeaways here, just anything from the season. We're three weeks in. 
just give me like we'll start with one like what's just something you've noticed and that you're taking to heart so far this season it's the Houston Texans. I think the Houston yep. Texans are a team we completely misread in the preseason. Uh, they have completely turned the offense into something very, very fun for fantasy. They're in uh, three wide receiver sets, 11 personnel, like all game. Mm-hmm. And they have CJ Stroud behind like a makeshift offensive line, but he's been so good. Um, he has no interceptions this year. I've been so impressed with C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud could be like the next Joe Burrow-level quarterback in this league. Uh, and that's when we were doing our draft evaluations, I, I was always pretty high on Stroud. I had him ahead of Bryce Young. But I always thought he'd end up being like kind of like a Kirk Cousins-level guy, which is great. A long-term right. starter, but I think he's more of a guy that could elevate a team. Great decision-making. Uh, and the wide receivers there. I love Tank Dell. I really like Nico Collins. I think both of those guys are kind of kind of stick in our fantasy lineups. Um, I'm it's the Houston Texans for me. I think like that's the D'Amico Ryan's and Slowick, the yep. um the offensive coordinator. These guys just get it. This is a good organization now. Uh, they make good decisions. The Tank Dell pick, the CJ Stroud pick. I mean, they nailed this draft. They did. They did. And even with the what we were kind of bashing, the horrific trade for Will Anderson, getting rid of so much capital, but it, it seems to have worked out. I think he got a sack last yeah. week, looking good so far. Yeah, I mean, so, it was hey. it was a bad decision to, to, to trade that much for Will Anderson, but it kind of works out when you get your franchise quarterback. These trades, like nobody talks about the bad trade you made if you have a 10-year starter quarterback, because when you have to play catch-up for the quarterback position, for sure. Yeah, no, it was beautiful. I will say here on the way it could take, I was on the Texans. I wasn't as, you know, I wasn't expecting this good. I at least expected CJ Stroud to throw one interception, like one of them. It's ridiculous he hasn't done it. And I also thought, you know, Nico and Dell would be fine. But to see these 20, 30-point games out of these guys already, it's special. There is something really good cooking down in Houston. And, I, I mean, I hope it keeps up because they have been really fun to watch. And they've been doing this without their stars on defense. Derek Stingley on IR. Jalen Petrie punctured his lung in week one when he got kneed by Lamar, by Lamar Jackson. He's been out the past few weeks. So, I mean, there's more coming for this team. And that's just ridiculous to say and even think about when, I mean, all of us were like, the Jaguars are going to win the division for the future. I mean, for as long as we can think. But now it's looking like the Texans can do it. The Titans might be able to do it if they could finally figure out their quarterback situation. Ryan Tannehill sucks. But, I mean, like, this is a very competitive and fun division. Now they have Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. I mean, the AFC South. Give me the Colts. Give me the Colts there. I think the Colts, the fact that you go 2-0 with Minshew Magic, they're able to generate a run game with Zach Moss. This team kind of gets it, uh, and the defense is playing well. And I think when Anthony Richardson comes back, I think this team is going to win like 10 games. They're going to win the division. Uh, And they'll be a tricky team in the playoffs because the Anthony Richardson attack is a difficult one that you don't see every single week. So give me the Colts in in the AFC South, Jason. You heard it here first. I like it. I like it a lot. Are you are you a little worried about Anthony Richardson's running style? Like, do you think? I mean, he's obviously got to change it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's certainly not protective of himself, <laughs> but concussions can be random, and yeah. I think that you know he's. I don't worry too much. I think that at the end of the day, I think that he's just such an elite player that I bank the points when he's out there. Anybody could get hurt. That are the Russian quarterbacks, you know, especially. They take more shots, but Richardson has such a big frame. I worry less about him than, you know, somebody with like a Kyler Murray in years past where 
Anthony Richardson's larger than a lot of the than most of the linebackers out there. Yes. So it's like, you know, he's taking on linebackers and safeties. It's not even fair. And I think we were headed towards a like monumental fantasy game in week two when he went down. We also like the fact that Michael Pittman looks great. Michael Pittman was underdrafted and Josh Downs is developing. So they don't have a ton of weapons, but the weapons they do have, like it's it's a well put together team. And and the Zach Moss thing is wild because Zach Moss is just playing the best football of his career. So Jonathan Taylor, you know, I thought they'd miss him a lot more than this. I thought the wheels would fall off. I completely misread the AFC South. Yeah, no, definitely. It's been it's been a very, very fun division. Um, and the Colts looking good. I mean, we talked about Josh Downs on, on the show earlier this week. Uh, it's been a waiver wire pickup on your article. Jelani Woods, I think, also, when he comes off IR, could be something special as well, especially in your in your FFPC leagues, your tight end premiums. I think that he could be a sneaky stash right now as, as uh, when he comes off. I mean, he's going to be a hot addition with the way Anthony Richardson's playing. Shout out to Kylan Granson, though, the, the social media of him holding his football like a baby after he yes. scored his first <laughs> touchdown. And his, I, I don't know if a girlfriend or wife were, was in on it, posing <laughs> with it too. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's top notch, top notch content. Yeah. Hall of Fame uh, tweet right there. Hall of Fame social media post. Uh, this isn't on the show sheet, but we've talked about Anthony Richardson. We've talked about CJ Stroud. Do you think Bryce Young hits as well? And we're talking about a very, very historic class here. I don't know. I think that Bryce yeah. Young could be a winner in this league. Okay. I don't know about the fantasy ceiling. I look at this as like fantasy. I'm, I'm sure there's like, you know, some people that hear that and they just want to hear about like winning quarterbacks and all that. And I know that that absolutely matters. But for fantasy perspective, like I think CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson are quarterback one level players right now. Yeah. And Bryce Young, I don't think he's going to reach that level. He He's smaller and doesn't run. That's a bad combination for fantasy. They have better weapons than I think some of us thought that seems yeah. to be working. Um, second half of the year, I think Mingo could be interesting, but I don't know for me. It's, I think if, if you redrafted, I think Carolina would have considered one of these other two guys, uh, inside the organization. I know Bryce Young is like the leader of men and he's been the, the leading high school uh, quarterback, the leading college quarterback, like represented university of Alabama. He does everything you want from like a franchise quarterback. I just, I don't know if he necessarily elevates offenses and, I think he's fine, though, Jason. I think at the end of the day, if you have three big hits at the quarterback position, then it's definitely a really good class. Mm-hmm. And I think we have two of them. And I i don't think Bryce Young's going to fail. I think he'll be a long-time starter in the league. I, th- I think I'm with you, at least in terms of starting. And I kind of agree on the fantasy ceiling. I've got a question for you now. You're, you've got the 105 in your rookie draft from this year. You've got hindsight. Deshaun Robinson went. C.J. Stroud went. Anthony Richardson went. Jameer Gibbs went. So you're choosing between Bryce Young, Devon A. Chain, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers. Who are you picking? Gosh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I could make an argument for all of these guys. But I think Zay Flowers is going to be a superstar. And I love Jordan Addison. I love, obviously, Devon A. Chain's my guy. But Zay Flowers just kind of has that it factor. Um, he's going to absolutely destroy the, all the Baltimore rookie records. He's already on the way there. And there's, it's not like a, a huge bar to cross. Like there's, there's not like the, some, you know, Tory Smith rookie year, I think is, is the, the numbers he's chasing. Uh, Mark Hollywood Brown touchdowns, nothing crazy, but I, I don't know. It's a great class though, Jason, like we have so much depth in this class, so many great, great um, players so far, and we haven't seen a single thing. 
out of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I and I, I don't, it's not like he forgot how to play football. Uh, so this, this class is special. We talked about it all summer, uh, how transformative we thought that the running back position and the tight end position would be. And I think the quarterback class has exceeded expectations and the wide receiver class has completely crushed expectations. There's so many guys look good from this class. Pukunakua is obviously the big story so far, but that whole third round, like we talked about Tank Dell. Tank Dell is is, is an exclamation point pick. What yeah. a great pick by Houston. But like Josh Downs, really, really good pick. Michael Wilson, really, really good pick. So many great picks so far on the offensive side of the ball from this draft. So, yeah, man. Yeah, we I ran here this summer. You know, check yeah. the receipts, anybody. Anybody wants to check them, player profiler, we brought the heat with our with our rookie coverage, and, and I think we were spot on. You feel good if you listen to us on Luke Musgrave getting him in the third round of a bunch of these leagues. I mean, so many of these guys we were on. Yeah, and telling you not to get Quinn and Johnston. So I mean, like it was just that. What? So I will I will take a more positive spin on him than than a few other people at Player Profile. I think it'll be interesting. I, I think I, that's. I think the next few weeks are going to be very interesting. He's going to have opportunities. He wasn't on the field in two wide receiver sets. That was Josh Palmer. But they're in three wide receiver sets a lot. I think that like in the second half of the year, Quentin Johnson could be really interesting now. Obviously, if Mike Williams didn't go down, you know, this the narrative would have kind of stayed. But funny things happen. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Quentin Johnson. But if he does nothing, nothing in the next two weeks, Jason, it's a huge red flag with the opportunity he has in front of him. Yeah, I mean, this was always the the philosophy here. Um, I was off on Quentin Johnson before the draft. I hopped right back on when he went to the Chargers. I was like, there is going to be opportunity there. Mike Williams will probably be hurt. It happened. Now let's see what he can do with it. A lot is hanging in these next few games for him. Theo, give me a bye. I think we talked about him. I think CJ Stroud is an interesting one. I think if you're in, in court, having quarterback problems, I think in single quarterback dynasty leagues, CJ Stroud is definitely a buy. And I think in redraft, CJ Stroud is the kind of guy that I want to have as my quarterback too. Or if I'm in a situation like Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, a couple of these guys that, and for that matter, Dak Prescott, if I don't have a lot of confidence in my starting quarterback, then I want to have CJ Stroud for cheap and kind of see where this thing goes. Uh, we already saw Anthony Richardson pop in terms of his value. It's going to take one more game for CJ Stroud. And I think that his value is going to go way up. So I think, you know, kicking the tire on CJ, uh, kicking the tires on CJ Stroud uh, is definitely one thing I would do. And then Kyron Williams, I would kick the tires on buying low. Because okay. I think that a lot of box box score readers are going to say, the you know, this is it. This is what happened. He had a really good first two weeks. We saw the real Kyron Williams on Monday night. But he was on the field for 100% of snaps. He had seven targets. These are the kind of numbers we want to look for for a running back in fantasy. If he gets seven targets uh, every single game that they're in like a neutral game script, Kyron Williams is going to finish inside of the RB2 line. And I don't think you're going to have to pay nearly as much as you would have after last week. No, I'm, I mean, I'm Kyron Williams is probably the most shocking one to me. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a Cam Akers truther, unfortunately. Just I, I, I couldn't get off Cam Akers. I just like him. And uh, just did not. We have to find it. a support group for you, Jason. Yeah, I in just, the Atlanta I'm area. Like, I'm still like, oh, he's going to hit in Minnesota. It's Cam Akers time. I just, you know, it is what it is. I like Cam Akers. But yeah, I mean, 100% snapshot. You can't get off that. It's possible. 
the Rams bring in another running back, but even then it's looking like he's going to have a huge role. And the Rams offense isn't even done yet. Cooper Cup returns next week, and then we're going to see it firing on even more cylinders. So uh, definitely a good buy right there. Attach yourself to that offense while you can. Give me a sell. Gosh, that's an interesting one. Um, I think that like the low-hanging fruit might be Zach Moss. If I can get a, a huge return on investment, I don't really want to trade him, though. It's funny, like all you can make an argument for a number of these running backs. I'll say, I'll say this: one guy who I think could be a sell is James Connor because okay. he's playing so well. We've seen him fall apart before. I have a ton of James Connor. I don't like saying this, but I think that he's so insulated right now in terms of value, where you might be able to pivot over and get a, you know, a top eighteen wide receiver, top fifteen wide receiver and pivot that way. I hate moving on from James Conner, but I think he's probably a sell for me. And I do worry a little bit about the manufactured runs for Rondell Moore. I think that that's a thing. And I think he might be more utilized out of the backfield, which could take away a little bit from James Conner in terms of targets. uh, And also just a few carries here and there. So the bet on James Conner was a volume-based bet. He's played great. The talent looks good. But for me, he's probably a sell begrudgingly. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I also have a few shares of James Conner, uh, and I've paired him with Keontae Ingram. I would like to, you know, I guess maybe move off that backfield or sell James Conner for another running back. I think think you could probably get Kyron Williams plus for him, and those are both volume bets. You get a younger guy who's attached to, in theory, a better offense with a little cherry on top. That could be a fun little move to make. Um, let's move on to some questions real quick, and then I'll get you out of here. I, I saw sure. some good ones here in the chat. Would you trade Darren Waller for James Cook in a PPR 10-man league? 10-man changes it a little bit for me because having a difference maker at tight end in a 10-man league matters more um, than in a 12-man league, in my opinion. But I think it's a fine trade. I think that James Cook is locked in. Um, I'm leaning Cook. I think so too. I think so too. If you trade away Waller, you can kind of just put yourself with the rest of the league that's in the tight end hell uh, and you get yourself a running back who's looking to break out this year. It's looking fantastic so far. Uh, would you start CJ Stroud over Daniel Jones this week? Yes. Yeah, same. Daniel Jones has a great matchup against Seattle. It's a it's a big uh, potential win for the Giants. Seattle has been very, very generous fantasy-wise to wide receivers, to quarterbacks, but you have to roll with the hot hand and despite the bad matchup, I'm probably going CJ Stroud, even though I think Daniel Jones is going to be ahead of him in, in like the rankings. I think it's CJ Stroud. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, you, you've just got to go with him right now, especially if he's not turning the ball over. I mean, that's a pretty safe floor right there. Yeah. Uh, Are you buying low on Garrett Wilson in dynasty for sure in redraft? I don't think you can. It makes me sad to say, I love Garrett Wilson. Um, He's so good but the situation is just so bad and I have no confidence until a coaching or quarterback change is made. So, Hey man, if they sign Philip rivers, go buy yourself some Garrett Wilson. Yeah. This is going to have to be on price for me. Definitely. Like you said, doing it in dynasty, but if it's, you have to give up a wide receiver one still for Garrett Wilson and redraft, I'm not doing it going elsewhere. Finally trading for Jonathan Taylor. Would you give up either a chain or swift? Gosh, it would have to be the context of my team, Ahmed, where if I was in such a great shape at running back, 
that I could afford to lose one of these guys and sit on a potential zero for many weeks, then I would think about it. But I don't see how you can make that trade right now. Both those guys are playing so well. And the quality of the offense of Philadelphia, yep. if DeAndre Swift just gets 15 touches a game, he's going to eat. Uh, and I don't know. I don't think that, ju- that Taylor is going to rekindle with with the Colts. I just, I don't know. I think this could be a, a missing more games than possible. I know he's eligible to come off the pup in week five. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a weird, weird, ugly situation. Yeah, I think I think you've got to hold on to A-Chain or Swift. They're both so hot right now, and that's honestly the most important thing in fantasy football running backs, especially. Like, the, the coaches will keep leaning on them right now, and, I mean, they have the same floor and ceiling as Jonathan Taylor. That's I mean, right. To be completely honest. In fact, probably even a higher ceiling. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, stick with those guys. All right, there's a couple other ones, but I, th- I think we'll be okay. I'll, I'll get you out of here, Theo. Thank you for joining me. Tell the people where they can find you next. Yeah, you can find me at the OG Fantasy on Twitter. You can find my articles on playerprofiler.com. Today, I'm going to be back here in less than two hours with Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Scott Bullinger of the Undrafted and the Undroppables. He's he's a great podcast uh, guest. I've had him on a few times, and I've gone on his podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say about a number of these guys. Uh, then tomorrow, press coverage, 3.30 with Billy Muzio. Billy Muzio will be back. He's missed the last two weeks, but he's back this week. We have Davis Maddock on. Uh, that should be a good one as well. And uh, yeah, check me out. I'm, I'm I'm on a bunch of podcasts here and a bunch of video content, and we're grinding. Jason and I are are deep in the weeds, so to speak, uh, trying yeah. to make it this a, uh, a, great, a great season for all of our listeners and all of our viewers and all of our readers and I think we take a lot of pride in that and we're off to a good start. Let's let's crush it this week, Jason. And I love Wake and Take. I think Wake and Take is awesome. I love coming on here and talking football with you. And I know that a lot of people really appreciate your hard work on this show to keep it so fresh and so good every single day of the week. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And the audience, I appreciate you guys a lot. I really do. I love seeing you guys in the mor- every morning, leaving so much positive feedback. It is awesome. I do want to say, guys, I, I meant to mention this in the show. Uh, our all-in package, now that we're through three weeks of the season, we lowered the price. It's not the full season anymore. We're in it. And so we've lowered the price from $145 all the way down to $85. And each individual package is also down from $45 to $30. So go check that out. You can use promo code Jason or promo code Theo for $10 off again, making that even cheaper. Definitely go check that out save your seasons if you're falling behind. But everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This is another great episode of The Wake and Take. Theo, thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you all tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at 10 a.m. Have a wonderful Wednesday and a fantastic rest of your week. Peace. 